0: Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together, you and I are on a mission to prioritize our happiness, health, and relationships as we make our entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And if this is your very first episode, first of all, you are in for a treat because this is a first on the show, we have a NFL player. And so I'm super excited to have you here. And if you're returning, welcome back. And you know how much I appreciate you for coming back week after week. And as I alluded to today, we have a first and today's guest is seven-year NFL player Sean Harper. Sean's tenacity and his dreams carried him from a failing student and an average football player to college graduate and decorated star athlete who has received a Big Ten recognition, induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, and won the National Achievement Award. From Indiana University, Sean was drafted into the NFL and played a total of seven years of professional football before retiring. Throughout his career, he played for the Rams, the Houston Oilers, and the Indian Colts. Sean has helped transform thousands of corporate environments, built leadership, and trained teams with high energy keynote speeches that activate winners. When Sean steps on the stage, he delivers strategies and techniques used by professional athletes to compete and win at the highest levels. His unique no excuses approach will leave your audience ready to win as individuals and in. Teams. Sean has created a delicate but highly effective fusion between being a professional athlete in the NFL and a serious entrepreneur. Sean has a unique gift in engaging the audience to respond in such a way that you are mesmerized by his speaking in any size venue from churches, universities, to Fortune 500 companies. He does not disappoint. And that was his bio. And I can second that because man, do we have an incredible interview for you today. And in this episode, I want you to look out for three specific things as always. Number one, what donuts and lawyers have to do with the Rams team culture when Sean was on the team. Number two, why Sean believes that there is a critical difference between success and winning and how understanding that can help you unlock peak performance, and number three, how you can learn from salmon and change the negative labels that may have been placed on you growing up that may be holding you back. As you heard from the bio, Sean is a high energy speaker, and you will absolutely hear that from the second that Sean opens his mouth. He absolutely delivered today, and it was such a blast getting to hang out with him. And before we dive in, I just wanna give a shout out to Nina Venturella, who made this incredible introduction to Sean. So I appreciate you, Nina. And with all that said, Please enjoy this incredible conversation with Sean Harper. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the Seven Bigger Millennials podcast. Sean Harper, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Let's have fun. Let's win.
0: Let's do it. That's gonna, yeah, for sure. Let's give it a blast. I want to start in a really fun place. I don't know if you've been asked this in the very beginning of an interview, but I want to talk about donuts for a hot second. So I was listening to an interview that you did where you talked about the Rams team culture and how you had this oh, whole process man. of resolving conflicts. Did you conflicts. go there?
1: Did you go there?
0: <laughs> We're going right there. Tell me about the donuts. What do you do to resolve conflicts in the Rams? <laughs> OK, so well, so uh,
1: for everyone who doesn't know, rookies are treated, you know, it's kind of bad. If you are, if you are a rookie, and it doesn't matter if you're the top pick. I mean, in fact, it's even worse, because oftentimes, you know, we would, you know, go out and spend, you know, one, two, three thousand dollars just eating, and we would hand the first round pick the bill. Like you gotta pay, you know, easy, you know, steak, lobster, whatever. Hey, here, here's the bill. You know, pay. You're, you know, and and um, if you don't pay, it'll be hell to pay. So, you know, you gotta, you know. So, yeah. Also, uh, there's just chores. There's chores, housekeeping rules that rookies had to adhere to, at least when I was playing. And one of those was – that every day just practice, you have to buy donuts and they have to be fresh donuts and it's from a particular place. And there are certain players who want certain types of donuts. You know, they want the cream <laughs> field, they want the custard, they want this, you know, they want the donut with the sprinkles and you better get it. You bet. Don't mess up the donuts. And one player was like, man, I'm not getting up this early. I'm gonna be smart. So I'm going to get the donuts the night before. And we warned him, like, don't do that, man. He said, oh, man, we'll be fine. And he went and got donuts night before. And he brought them in, just like everyone else, And Kevin Green took one bite of that donut, and he knew. And he knew. And he yelled, right? And he just went. And he, and he went to the judge. So every team has a judge, the person who makes the call. And at the time, this guy's name was Jackie Slater. And Jackie Slater, he, he he tasted the he tasted the donut, and he was like, call for him, and the other lineman who was the bailiff, he yells, hear ye, hear ye, <laughs> and, and he calls the person's name. You are being summoned. You got to go to court. And they threw him in front of the judge, and it was the fastest trial I've ever seen before in my life. It was Exhibit A, an o, a day donut. And I'm not going to list what his punishment was. But it was so severe that every other rookie saw what happened. And they're like, you know what? We better have fresh donuts. Probably left in like, you know, four to six hours old every day at 745.
0: <laughs> Love that. Lesson learned. I guess if there's any future NFL players, now you need to know. Yeah. You need to respect no, no. the donut rule. Don't, don't screw These with the donut guys, rule.
1: <laughs> These guys had court. They had a real court. They, they you know they have the attorney, you know but I mean when there was a situation that needed to be resolved, usually you would have an attorney, you would have a bailiff, you' would have lawyer, I mean the whole nine yards and it was enforced. It was enforced.
0: Yeah. Love that. I, that was such i I'm so glad I asked. I was debating whether or not to ask the donut story right at the beginning, but I'm glad yeah, we kicked fine. off here. Oh. Everybody has an insight into the Rams locker room, NFL, some of the shenanigans oh, yeah. that goes there, yeah, but let's, ever. let's, yeah, let's rewind back. So like you didn't just plop sure. into the NFL, you worked your ass no. off to get into the NFL. So I want to take us back to first grade, actually the first day of school in second grade. Can you walk us through what happened that day? Right.
1: So It was the first day of school in the second grade. I'm with my friends, you know, and we're, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to have, like, world domination in the second grade. You know, who's going to win at Marbles? You know, what's for lunch today? You know, tater tots, first day of school, eat tater tots, right? And I'm looking at the teacher from the first grade, and she's looking at me. I'm looking at her, and she's talking to the principal. And she walks over, and she grabs my left arm, and she pulls me back into the first grade line. And I had about three or four friends, and they're all just looking at me. And one of them, you know, one by one, they stopped laughing and giggling. And the shortest one, you know, he yells, "Sean, you failed. Sean, you have to repeat the first grade." And they, you know, stupid boy, stupid boy, stupid boy. As we begin to go our separate ways, I'm looking back. It's like stupid boy, stupid boy. And for the entire year, you know, that was my nickname, you know, stupid boy. No, you can't play marbles with us, no, you can't play kickball with us, you gotta hang out with the first graders, you're not allowed, and that stigma just 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 sat on me from the first grade to the fifth grade. And finally, you know, by the grace of God, this fifth grade teacher, you know, was having some pity. She's like, you know what, there's something wrong here. And you know, she would ask students, you know, to stand up and read out loud. And of course, I fumbled over every word because I stuttered. I stuttered my entire life. I couldn't complete a sentence till college. And uh, asked to go to the board, couldn't spell. And they tested me uh, for several days. And it's like, and it came back like, ma'am, your son has four to five documented learning disabilities. They asked my mom to come in, they explained the tour. And that was a very interesting meeting. And I learned that moment, you know, that it was going to be rough for me. And they wanted to put me in special classes and have group interventions and you know just a lot of things to help you, but also to victimize you. And my mom would not let them. And I learned in that lesson that I'm not disabled; I'm uniquely enabled. You know, and and, and that in and that uh, you know Superman has kryptonite, right? So I began to struggle from the you know uh, eighth grade. It was kicked out of one school, two schools actually in middle school and. Leaving high school with a 1.62 accumulative GPA, not on my CT, graduating last, voted most likely to fail. And I pick it up at junior college, and yeah, that's it. The rest is history.
0: Mm. Well, thank you. I want to unpack lots of that. Going to go
1: on and talk about junior college.
0: Well, I want to. I so I do want to talk about junior college, but I also want to unpack yep. some of that garbage that was placed on you, and like that's obviously some negative mindset. So I want to put a pin in that. So we'll go back there, but let's go back to junior college. How do you how do you go from this kid that was sure. uh, looked down upon, that was called names, that nobody thought would amount to anything, that finished last in his class? How do you go from there to setting foot in the NFL? What happened?
1: So I wore that. I allowed people's opinion to, to opinions to become my reality. I wore that, you know. And 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 even if even if you're trying to fight against it, you know, if a small a rice grain, a rice grain size, believes a lie, it taints the entire truth. Like putting just a drop of dye inside of a gallon of water, it turns that water. And there was a part of me, a little small part of me, that kind of you know believed it you know, you're stupid, dumb, you're lazy, you're actually an overachiever. It's like a vice that you just wear and that you're walking around with people's negative opinions, negative, you know, uh, uh, concepts, mentality of who you are. If you're not careful, you will wear that. It is very deep. In fact, if you go to, because this is like this seven-figure, you know, uh, uh, mindset. If you go to affluent areas or... Or affluent homes, the first thing that you'll notice is that it has high ceilings. That's a psychological mm. barrier: high arches, high ceilings. It's because there's high expectations. Whenever you experience a lot of poverty, there's low ceilings, low light, low expectations. In fact, they did a survey. You it was an actual it was an actual experiment. Now check it out. They told this teacher, "You have two sets of kids. One set of kids." Man, they are overachievers. They're amazing. They're exciting. These guys are the next leaders. Of, of, I mean, they hype these kids up. The other set of kids, they're marginal. That's all they said. So teach them the same course material. The one set that she said were, you know, they all, yeah, they all was in like the, you know, top 95% talent. They were doing very well. But the ones she said that were marginal, their grades and their attitude was marginal. But you will know the secret, they were the same students. Not the, the, the IQ, the grade level, it was all the same. It's hard to grow past expectations of yourself. And so just to move out of that, I carry people's expectations. I carry their mindset into a new environment. It's like putting new wine in old wine scans. It does not work. And that is what had, is what had to change in me. And how it changed is that I threw out the success model. I threw out the success model and I adopted a winning model. And that's the model that I'm able to live with, grow with, and dominate with. If life is a game, you play to
0: win. So much to unpack there. I want to talk about success versus winning a little bit more. But let's go deeper into that mindset and identity of shedding from the past belief, the expectations that were given to you. Because anybody listening to this right now you know, you, no, one, no one left childhood unscathed. Whether it was intentional or unintentional, you had kids that said things to you, your parents said things to you. So like we all have these narratives and uh, there's this quote that comes up all the time on the show, Sean, by Carl Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious that will control your life and you will call it fate. And so we have these patterns that are repeating all over the place. And uh, so you tell this incredible story inside of the book that I think is so relevant and it really cements this concept and it has to do with salmon. So you spent a few days in Juneau, Alaska at a fish hatchery can you talk a little bit about what they do to mark the fish? Yeah.
1: So, I'm in speaking for I think it was, I think it was the Rotary Club. You know, God bless the Rotary. So, I'm speaking at the Rotary, you know, convention whatever, I don't know what it was time. And, you know, they want to drive me around, show me a good time, you know, and I'm eating all this great fish. And I'm eating this 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 King Salmon just blew me away. I love King, King Salmon, right? i mean, in Juneau in Alaska, right? And so I'm just having a great time. I'm doing what I have to do. And he's driving me around. And I see this boat, and it's driving around in a circle. And I'm watching this man drive this boat around in a circle. I'm like, what is going on here? Just, this man's driving this boat. And he said, well, what he's doing is that he's marking the salmon. He said, in the boat, I don't know whether it's how, how water passes through or not, but in the boat, there's millions of little salmons. And he's driving around. He's flying, driving around in a circle in his boat, and he's marking the salmon, which means that the is that the salmon will be imprinted in that area. And then what they'll do is that they'll go out to the bay or to the ocean, and they they just let the salmon run. And then the salmon will run for one or two years, and then at an appointed time, all the salmon will come back. And I'm drawing a correlation to that sometimes or oftentimes we go to a higher level and then we sabotage ourselves and we bring ourselves back down to a certain level if our goal is wealth and riches but we have a poverty mark like the salmon you will bring yourself back down to the to that actual you know uh uh impoverished mark if 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 if, if your goal is to have a fruitful relationship but all of you've seen is destructive and divorce and you're marked by that, it, you will sabotage that fruitful relationship and manifest a divorce. In other words, you can never grow past your name. And that has been the secret is growing past the moment and growing past your name. And the fastest way to change that is to be intentional. You have to be uh, extremely, extremely intentional about changing that and then... Uh, at the same time you have to change your your environment. Some information is taught, other information is caught and to be around other people other fishes and to kind of see how they move, you begin to move like they move and basically that's how it's done.
0: Mm. So powerful. So let's go back to a little bit of your journey. And thank you so much for sharing that analogy. I would love to go back from to junior college, how you ended up from junior college, to the NFL, because from my understanding, you set out your whole first year, your junior year. So how did how did you end up making it to the NFL?
1: So I set up my uh, entire first year and I, had a, and I had a conversation with myself. And the conversation is, you know what, you're right. I can't be successful. I don't have what it takes to be successful. I'm not a five-star, four-star, three-star. I'm not even a one-star. I'm not even on the radar because I'm not even on the field. So how, you know, there's no way I can be successful in this game, you know, in, in as far as, you know, football, life, or whatever. I said, but I can win. And the moment I said that I can win, you know, it was like one of those huge, like, Eighty thousand square foot factories, and you hit one switch, and the whole thing just cuts on. My mind begins to switch, and I begin to think, and I begin to process things differently. I begin to see obstacles as opportunities, and I begin to, you know, learn how to navigate obstacles because I've been taught sports and winning my entire life. Although I sucked at football, I still understood it, but it was a little bit deeper than that. It's because winning is a part of our physiological makeup. We are born winners plain and simple. That's why we love sports. That's why we love gaming. That's why we love, you know, you know, people love gambling It's because it's who you are. It's a part of who you are winning. You know, the dopamine, the serotonin, everything is built around winning. And that's what I did is that I said, I'm going to win in this game of life.
0: What is the main difference? Do you see between success and winning? So somebody has a success mindset right now. What is the key differentiating factor between having a winning mindset and a success mindset?
1: Winning is the fullest expression of who you are mentally, physically, socially, economically, uh, personally, obviously. And then the one I love is legacy. That is, that is, I mean, that right there drives it. Success focuses on maybe one or two things. And what happens is that uh, winning teaches production which is why when you're 62, 63, hey, it's time for me to retire because why? You can no longer produce. Winning stands for reproduction. You just keep producing and and then you reproduce success is outside in, winning is inside out. Success is something that they tell you. You see, you're born into a winning mindset. That's why, hey, no mommy, I want this, this is mine, give it to me. The games that you play, they're winning games, right? Hide and seek and the list goes on. And then one day they teach you another concept and that concept is called success. Around the fourth grade, success is to make money, success is to be famous, success is to be popular. Think about this for a second. What is success in our culture? We teach well successes you know fame fortune money uh, you know at least in the western culture but they don't teach winning so guess what family's not important anymore you know your health is not that important anymore doing what you've been truly called to do is not that important anymore it's all predicated off of 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 success but winning encompasses all of that and that's why I love the winning. You know, mindset and winning. I mean, some of the greatest winners of our entire, you know, culture and society is teachers. I mean, what better, you know, position to be just to pour in and pour in in year after year. You are just shaping and investing and loving on the next generation. You're very wealthy
0: to me. So much knowledge there, and I love that simple tweak that anybody can make is shifting towards winning, which I think is much more achievable because you can win a day, and you can win a day, and you can win the hour, and you can win the minute, and that just makes that mindset shift a lot simpler for people, so I appreciate that. I know we're coming up on time. you got to get going here. I have one more question I thought would be really valuable to ask you. As somebody that is – Scale. I mean, you, you rose to the top in the NFL, you were there for seven years, and now you have a successful business, you're a speaker. One of the things I thought would be really unique to ask you is about how to deal with transition. Because lots of people in the NFL have a huge career. And they they, you know, you mentioned in the book, too, like lots of people a few years out of the NFL, they're broke, and they're not successful anymore. And so like managing that. And there's lots of people that are listening to this that might be dealing with transition, maybe starting a business. So any insights that you can share as somebody that has been at the top and then, you know, when you're not an NFL player anymore, doing something else, what advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, mentor, you know, uh, listen, so, so frustrated, you know, my inbox in certain social media platforms it's just full. Hey, I'm a professional. Hey, I'm a pro. I'm this, and I can help you. I can help you. You know, give me 15 minutes. Let's, let's have a discovery call. I'm like, man, shut up. I'm so sick of these people. You know, if you want to, where you go, you hire where you want to go in business. You seek out mentors and where you want to go. That's what you do. You find people who are there, who are who are bad at it, who is, I mean, amazing at it, slamming the game, and you do whatever it takes to get in their seat. You do whatever it takes to get their attention, and you shut up. You say a few words just to get them going, and you shut up, and you listen with your eyes, and you listen with your ears. You watch what they say. You watch what they do. One of the people who actually mentored me, and he didn't even know, was Jackie Slater, and I watch Jackie every day at practice, which is why you see me you know, for the most part, if I'm doing, doing a podcast, I'm dressed for it, you know, because he taught me that. You always have a business perspective of the game. And I'm like, wow. Because if you have the right perspective of the ownership of where you're at, that gonna, you're going to go far. So having a mentor and somebody who you can watch and model in the game is huge. The game of life. It's everything.
0: Love that. and I love that, you know, even at the highest levels, you when you're looking at making a transition, you're looking at who's the key player there and you're going to learn and you're going to be humble. You're going to be the student you know, no matter how how successful you've been. So appreciate that, Sean. And thank you said you so something. Much whoa, 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 for, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Stop, 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 You said something that was very mm-hmm. powerful. Student. Be always maintain being a student of life. That's it. Being a student. Class is always in session. The question is: Are you learning?
0: Hmm. Love it. Yeah. We'll put a period on that. Uh, yes. I know we we got to jump here. I'll just have a really quick conversation with you, listening right now. I want to say if this is your very first episode. I want to say welcome, beyond excited to have you here. And you could be listening anywhere else in the world, but you decided to hang out with Sean Harper today. And so for that, I'm really grateful. And if you're returning, you know how much I appreciate you. And the favor I have to ask is that whether you are a new or returning listener, if something that Sean shared today impacted your life, which I know it did, whether it was his story about uh, donuts, maybe it just made you laugh, or maybe it was the story about the salmon and overcoming adversity, or how he was able to shed all those negative mindsets and to create the the, um, massive impact that he's made in the world. This can absolutely change someone's life if you it with them so if you choose to do that i would be greatly appreciative of that and uh sean thank you so much for your time any final words you want to say before we head off for today
1: yeah uh seven figure millennials listen to me in order for you to get to that level there's a part of you that's going to have to die i know it's crazy but wealth wealth drips on the new wealth drips on the new the same, you have to become a different person to have the capacity for that wealth. Be willing to let the old go and to adapt and to adopt a new.
0: Boom. Ending on that mic drop. Uh, thank you so much, Sean. That was incredible. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you.